Okay, here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Gail Sylvia, and you are listening to sylviaglobal.com radio. I'm so excited today because we have a very special guest, quite a distinguished young lady, um, who is the founder and the president of Korean Churches for Community Development, also known as KCCD. Her name is Haypen M., and she is also a presidential appointee to the Board of the Corporation for National and Community Service. Hey, Penn, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. It's our honor and pleasure to, to have you on. I'm so excited because you and I have had a couple of opportunities to talk, and we share um, so many um, visions and places of compassion that moves us into action that we have you know, quite a bit in common. So I want to share that and the good work that you're doing with our audience around the world. Um, Let me also mention that KCCD, Korean Churches for Community Development, is a nonprofit. It's a national nonprofit that's involved in empowering churches and nonprofits to leverage their resources by building capacity, leadership, and partnership in economic development and serving as a bridge between the Korean, Asian-American community and the greater community at large. Talk to us about KCCD and what prompted you to put this organization in place. Sure. Um, You know, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and um, there is a terminology in Korean community for ministry called imin boke, and it means uh, immigrant ministry. And even though many pastors, uh, you know, initially they are led by God and they believe that uh, they're supposed to be preaching the gospel, a lot of times they end up having to actually respond to also not just the spiritual needs but the physical needs. And so in that way, my parents, I saw them struggling to help a lot of people uh, access services, finding jobs, you know, finding places to live, connecting with social services. And so in that way, um, in Korea, uh, only 20% are Christians, but they cross the Pacific Ocean, and suddenly that number jumps to 70 75%. And so in many ways, the Korean church plays the role of government as another nonprofit in helping people connect to services and opportunities. And yet, uh, because it's often led by first-generation pastors who themselves are very much limited, uh, they uh, the resources and the services that they can provide is also limited as well. And then one day I had this amazing opportunity to witness an African-American church, actually it's First AME, uh, led by Pastor Cecil Murray and the economic development effort was uh, headed by Reverend Mark Willock. And I saw them do the very same work that my parents were doing. But the difference was that they were bringing in $12 million outside of their offering. Uh, through their partnerships with government, corporations, and foundations. And they were able to pay professionals instead of the ministers running around like crazy with their heads off. Um, and then they were able to provide systematic care with a high quality of service. And most importantly, the last two, which was that the greater community valued, welcomed, recognized 
the presence and the contribution of the church community. And when important decisions were being made, they were always invited to the table. And that was the model that was my inspiration, uh, the model that I wanted to bring to the Korean faith community. I knew and I've seen that Korean churches do amazing things. I mean, really, uh, if you look at the offering of Korean churches, it's about five to ten times greater uh, than church size uh, of the same you know, of the same church size uh, congregation size of other communities, and yet if you look at their income, uh, also we're one of four communities whose uh, income is below the national median. So even though the income is so low, they are very generous uh, in giving to the to the church. But then that offering goes to help the most vulnerable individuals in the world, from the within the walls of church with the new immigrants. Uh, then to the outside the walls of church, whether it's the homeless or, you know, scholarship programs or tutoring programs, etc. And then they go out into the world and, you know, Korea sends out the greatest number of missionaries after the United States. Uh, but Korean American churches follow the same pattern. And, and in that way, they not just send money, but they actually send teams of people to go and build hospitals, wells, big wells, uh, schools, etc. And so I just knew that the Korean church community had some amazing track record of giving. But the fact that because of their language barrier and because they didn't understand the American system and because they were not connected, uh, they didn't know how to leverage those resources. And because the greater community didn't know uh, all the great things that's happening in the Korean church community, uh, I think, and I saw and recognized that it was a missed opportunity. So in that way, uh, we wanted to lift up uh, the opportunities as well as the partnerships that could be available uh, by partnering uh, with Korean churches as well as the greater community. But at the same time, we also wanted to respond to the needs and highlight that there are also needs in the Korean community and be able to provide a better quality of service. And I am very grateful. I praise God, uh, the amazing journey that God has uh, taken uh, me and our organization in terms of the amazing partnerships that have risen and the excitement uh, and the kind of services we've been able to bless, not just with the Korean community, but the greater community as well. How does your agency interact with um, the government? Mm. So, you know, we have been able to uh, share that we have a common goal. You know, if you look at the role of our government, their role is to take those tax dollars and then be able to redistribute those tax dollars uh, for the advancement of our country, uh, of our community, and to respond better to to provide services that are needed. And so um, in that way, um, two ways that we were able to interact with the government is that we were able to show that there are members of our community that were in great need, whether it's in housing, foreclosure, uh, whether it's in mental health, whether it's in delinquent youth, uh, all those things uh, you know, we were able to highlight that our needs many times were at very similar levels with the Latino and the African American community, uh, which is, you know, commonly known, uh, but not for the Asian community. But in addition, we're also able to demonstrate that we have manpower, we have land, we have properties through the churches 
and this amazing track record of service and willingness to give, um, and in that way that we had a common goal and that we both had resources to leverage. And so I think one of our biggest successes, uh, one was in 2005, we won a historic $5 million grant from the U.S. Department of Labor and to help address um, at-risk and adjudicated Asian youth uh, and to be able to build the capacity of churches and nonprofits to be able to respond that way. And one of the compelling things that happened after the fact, but we, which we actually presented, was that uh, there is this rising uh, growth uh, in the delinquency rate of Asian youth when all other groups have decreased in the last 20 years. And there's this perception that Asian youth are very smart. And, you know, we brought up that, you know, here's, you know, if you bring this smartness with this growing juvenile <laughs> delinquency, you know, a lot of bad things can happen. And I have to say that the Virginia Tech school-based massacre, the largest in the history of the United States, was a great example of where uh, someone in need was consistently uh, overlooked and the cries for help was ignored and ultimately it resulted in, in a horrible tragedy, uh, not just for the family, but really for the country. And so that was a one major success. Um, another major success that we've been able to do is to bring about homeownership. We've helped families uh, educate over 7,000 families in the homeownership process, helped families with over $1.4 million in down payment assistance. Around foreclosure, uh, we've helped families uh, save over $83 million uh, of mortgages from going to foreclosure. And we have over two times, uh, almost three times the national success rate. And again, in each of these programs, we've not just helped Koreans or other Asians, but actually, again, the greater community. And we've received numerous national awards. And uh, we have a lot of programs that are uniquely within our agency or uh, in the county or in the state uh, that we've been able to offer, again, to the greater community. Are there opportunities for... Um, working with the other communities, um, the other ethnic groups uh, that are that remain in place with KCCD, with African American and Hispanic as well. Absolutely, um, you know, from the beginning, uh, you know, we talk about partnerships, and it's not just you know public-private partnerships with nonprofits or churches and government or corporate foundations, but it's really about building community, building fellowship. Uh, with other communities, um, especially communities of color in which we have a lot of shared uh, challenges. But also then I believe that we also have a lot of great strengths to bring to the table. And, um, you know, the 20th anniversary of the Los Angeles riots just happened this past April 29th. And we ran a seven-month campaign in which uh, we brought over 60 key stakeholders representing the vast diversity uh, of Los Angeles, whether they're elected officials, you know, religious leaders, uh, community organizations, the media, uh, and just entertainment, various fronts. And we were able to lift up really the, I guess, the diversity, the strength, the gifts, the humanity of 
uh, of Los Angeles uh, through these various individuals uh, of representing various communities. Um, I have to say that in many uh, situations, we have been able to coalesce our power and voice to advocate for change. Uh, we're part of a, a coalition um, called Greenlining as well as the California Reinvestment Coalition. A lot of communities of our, uh, color organizations are there, and so we have been able to fight together uh, around, you know, fighting for closure, you know, advocating for resources for small businesses, for home ownership, for financial literacy, uh, just so many areas, again, that we share a common need and challenge. But by uniting our voices, uh, we've been able to achieve one plus one equals ten, hundred, you know, thousand, etc. You're doing amazing work, absolutely amazing work, especially given some of the, you know, the historical dynamics associated with the, you know, Korean merchants and African-American community. I found it so inspiring to be able to live in the this day and time where those who had the vision and the desire to see us unite around what we have in common instead of being pulled apart by what we perceive to be our differences, become a reality. Is KCCD operating in other parts of the country as well as Los Angeles? Uh, um, I have to say that from day one, because uh, we had our first event in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is kind of like Koreatown, capital USA, and the uh, media is all uh, – it, it, the the ethnic media, the Korean ethnic media, is Los Angeles is its headquarters. And so from day one, the news of our organization and our work and our conference spread nationally. And so we have participants from across the country come and participate. Uh, I have been invited to numerous uh, speaking engagements across the country. And we are in the process of revamping our affiliate program in which we can establish uh, something called Community Impact Network. I think um, it is definitely true of Korean churches, uh, but definitely for many churches, uh, each church has definitely someone in charge of missions, someone in charge of youth, uh, in ch someone in charge of fellowship. But especially in the Korean church community, the title community service or community partnership, community relations is not as common. And so we wanted to spread this network um, in which uh, each church would be able to start out with at least a representative, then a committee, and then maybe even a full-time staff, and then many staff, that really the walls of the church would come down. And then just like fame, that the church – uh, will be very much an integrated member uh, and stakeholder that is recognized and valued uh, in the in the greater community. And so that is kind of the vision that we're going towards. And our uh, inspirational verse uh, is from Matthew 5:16. You are the light of the world; let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and praise your Father who is in heaven. I really feel that many churches. Um, and especially Korean churches are doing amazing work, but it's not packaged and connected in such a way that the world can see and recognize and value uh, the contribution and presence. And so part of the work that we're doing is really to help and uh, equip these churches to help them to understand how to connect. And so we took the word WORLD, the acronym, and uh, translated it into words that we thought would really represent the work that we do. So W for world is witness, to really increase the witness um, and the positive witness of churches. 
but in addition, then the O is outreach to through these various partnership programs that they could expand their outreach, especially beyond the walls of the church. Resources, I think, bottom line is important for the churches and nonprofits to do the work, but also resources uh, for the community, for the people who are in need. Leadership, um, again, is really that if the church is not present, if it's, they're uh, not engaged, if they're not recognized, they do not have the platform to really be a leader and play that leadership role in the greater community and in the world. And so we're helping to facilitate uh, their leadership platform. And then finally, D for development. Uh, transformation is about you know, development of the community, development of leaders, transformation in which crime, poverty would all go down and economic wealth can really increase um, prosperity for everyone involved. One of your other favorite, it's absolutely uh, inspiring and empowering to hear um, the passion in your voice, Haypen, and your commitment and diligence um, to making a difference, truly making a difference, and not only doing it individually, but bringing others in the church community along with you in seeing the important roles that we play as, you know, Christians. I know another one of your favorite verses is Matthew 19:26. you know, with God, all things are possible. You know, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. What has been the most, so far to date in your life, what has been the most profound evidence of God doing the impossible and revealing that to you? (laughs) You know, there has been so many, but I have to say the most profound experience that really gave me this boldness uh, is the fact that, At our very first event, um, it was a miracle in itself that the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development decided to do an event that really was reaching everyone but also targeted the Korean faith community. It was historic. And so many of them did act as staff when I was a one-man show. Uh, but what happened ultimately was that they asked me how many people uh, that I had expected to turn out. And for some reason, I pulled this number, 350. I don't know why I pulled that number because even to this day with all our years of success, you know, for our home ownership fairs, you know, which is more of a direct service, you know, a thousand people have come out. But in terms of like faith leaders, <laughs> church pastors, I, I don't think we've accomplished that 350. And so at that time to start an organization and have be a nobody, you know, with a no-name organization, to throw out that number uh, was an impossible number, but I didn't know that at the time. And um, the White House uh, representative was flying from D.C. to come to this event. The major players in the economic development, whether it's Enterprise, Lyft, you know, all those kind of key players were all coming as speakers, exhibitors. We had invested time, energy, and everything else and it was a Thursday event. On Monday, I checked the registration list, and only 10 people were registered. And my <laughs> okay, world... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah your, your stomach goes bloat, and your, your, yes. your world, you're, you're, yes. put, you're shaking. What do you do? What happens? Yes. My world turned black, and mm. it struck fear in my heart, and I thought, mm. oh, my gosh, I'm going to go down in flames. Mm. And... I asked God, God, was this your idea or was this my idea? Because I'm going to run real fast if it was mine. Mm. And I retraced my steps to see how I had gotten to that point. And, you know, I thought about Moses standing at the edge of the Red Sea. And I thought, this is how Moses must have felt. (laughs) 
<laughs> the Red Sea before him, Pharaoh's army charging at him, a lot of angry people who are fearful, looking to him for an answer, and he had nowhere to run or hide. And I retraced my steps, and from where I began to come to that point, there was definitely a lot of human effort, but there was this big gap that I knew very clearly that if God had not intervened, I would not have come to that point. Just like Moses, to have Pharaoh release those people, to have all the Egyptians give their goods, and even for the Israelites to leave the safety of Egypt, to part out into the wilderness to follow this crazy man. Without God's intervention, he would not have come to that point, no matter how bleak it looked. So I knew in my heart that all the miracles that had come to make me come to that point, I knew it was God, and it wasn't my idea. And I had grown up hearing about Gideon and how God delivered at the last minute so that all honor and glory went to God. And in my heart, because I knew that it was God who had led me to that point, even though people told me to cancel it, to announce that it's free, I decided to move forward knowing that no matter what happened, because it was God's idea, that he would take responsibility. And we moved forward, and sure enough, over 350-plus people turned out for that event within three days. And I've done many events over my lifetime, and I have never seen a number from 10 to go up to 350 in a matter of three days, especially a paid event on a weekday as well. And I always thought, an important lesson I learned was that I always thought God was a little selfish in wanting to take all the glory. <laughs> but through this lesson, actually, to know that it was God who did it all, gave me this tremendous boldness that if God is for me, who can be against me? And that if God can do this, he can do anything. <laughs> and because of that, uh, we took our organization to Washington, D.C. several months later in the midst of 9-11. Again, people say, cancel it. My board members called literally days before saying, is it still on? A lot of groups canceled their event, but we moved forward. We have we, and we got over 800 Asian faith leaders to come in the middle of 9-11 across the country with their own money to have a historic event in D.C. and to pray on the steps of the U.S. Capitol for this country. And so many other amazing things that just was impossible, but because of God, it was possible. What an amazing um, God we serve, Hey Pen. What an amazing God that we don't need to be um, to feel forsaken in the midst of a journey because if he's the one that we've been looking to and turning to to lead us in that journey, then he's not going to leave our side. He's going to hold our hand and our shoulders and guide us forward if we just keep our eyes and our hearts stayed on him and committed to the vision that he plants in our heart. You know, that's what I hear you saying. Is that correct? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. right. What vision? And it's you... hard. And yeah, I have hard. this picture, this painting of Moses standing at the edge of the Red Sea in my room that I painted during seminary time. Because there are many those lonely moments uh, when it's scary. You know, when people are coming and attacking you, and you start doubting yourself, and you don't have the answer, 
and really the future looks bleak. You don't even know if your organization will be there the next day. And to and yet at the same time God's telling you to move forward these amazing projects that seem impossible. Uh and no answers in sight. And those are the moments when I take a step back and remember that really again, um, ultimately it is God and that I just need to be faithful and to be to stand still, to be still. Uh, and see the Lord working. What advice would you give to a faith leader that wants to put their own CDC in place or become a KCCD in their community with the people that they serve? Mm. I would say uh, one thing is don't reinvent the wheel. Um, Mm. I would say that go to organizations who are doing the very work that you want to do and see who are their partners who are their funders, I would really uh, say it is worth it to pay the $100, $200 ticket to go to their fundraiser because all the funders and partners are right there at the front of the table so you don't have to waste a lot of time trying to find out who funds those kind of activities. Uh, the second piece is that, um, you know, God did not work alone. He has reached out to us as human beings to partner with him. And in the same way, to think that one can do it alone, I think, is unwise. Um, and so in that way, that there are a lot of other partners and stakeholders who have a common shared interest in the goal that you're trying to accomplish for the community and for the country. And so even though they may not be Christians, you know, God talks about, you know, being wise as a servant, using the resources of this world and leveraging them. And so I would suggest that, again, that they think outside the box to see who else will be interested in this end goal. Their motivations might be very different, but the end goal could be shared. Um, and then third is that, again, you know, um, seek out the the partnership of organizations who are whose mission is to help other organizations and lift them up, just like kind of like our organization. And so to connect with them, to learn from them, become their affiliate is uh, is a powerful way to leverage and hang on to their coattails uh, of their success. Um, so even for us, whether it's the Green Line, the Community Reinvestment Coalition, Home for U.S., I mean, we are part of a lot of networks and coalitions because I alone don't know everything. And by uniting, leveraging, we could really uh, get there faster. You can't skip the steps, but you could definitely uh, avoid and minimize the mistakes uh, along the way by being part of these uh, networks, coalitions, organizations. Well, oh, do you have um, any advice, or would it be similar advice to individuals who are trying to find their calling and you know, at the, at whatever stage in life they may be. You know, was there a moment in your life when you thought you were heading a different direction and then you clearly changed paths or and went a different direction that surprised you? Yes. Um, you know, uh, when I graduated from college, I thought the world was at my beck and call. And then there was about 10 years' journey where I was greatly humbled, to say the least, And many times I cried out to God to say, where are you? Help me, help me, help me. And at a certain point um, of that journey, I 
God took me back to my freshman year in college, and he made me remember what I had written uh, at a college church retreat. The speaker had asked everyone to write down how they would like to serve God in their life. And because I like to travel, I inserted that in. But I said, I like to travel around the world, um, inspiring others to believe in God by sharing the amazing works God had done in my life, the miracles that God had done in my life. Because I grew up with my mom dragging me everywhere to the uh, revivals and Bible trainings. And consistently I would hear these amazing stories of how God had worked in these speakers' lives, and it gave me faith to know that God was living today and not just during Bible times. And so, um, but at that moment when God took me back, it was a very clear voice, even though it was not audible, but it was so clear. And the realization that hit me was that you don't need miracles when things are going great. And in that it just kind of explained away all the challenges that I had gone through during that 10 years journey. And it really humbled me that God had not forgotten me. It really humbled me that God had taken the time to remember a young girl's prayer and that that journey of difficulty was all in preparation for my life. And all my life... um, because I had heard about the story of Jonah and my mom's story, that when God calls you and you run away, terrible things happen. You end up right where you began, where God called you anyway. And so I always pray to God that, God, if you ever call me, just make it very clear and I will obey. But please know that I don't want to. And sure enough, (laughs) and sure enough, God did call me and he made it so clear through three compelling incidents, including the one that I just shared. And because of that, I answered. But in my heart, I was resentful. I said, God, you gave me this passion for community mobilizing, community empowerment. But now you're sentencing me to the dungeon. That's how I felt. I grew up Southern Baptist, and a lot of times, you know, women don't have as a greater of a leadership platform, and especially as an Asian woman, too. So I felt like God was sentencing me to the dungeon by sending me to seminary and into ministry. But I was just blown away because uh, I have a greater testimony, but to keep it short, um, President Bush announced the faith-based initiative in which the White House recognized that faith-based organizations, churches, had a role that they played in also helping people in this country. And so in that way, what government cannot do, churches could do, especially sharing love, but also services. And so President Bush allowed for partnerships between government and church. And he went around the country hosting conferences to educate churches how to do that. And our organization was able to ride that platform. And from all the things that God had done, he took me all the way to the White House as a presidential appointee on the board for the Corporation for National Community Service that funds AmeriCorps, America Vista, Senior Corps, RSVP. It's an amazing opportunity that I never imagined. And so all the doors that God, I believe, had closed in my life during that 10 years journey, suddenly all swung open. And all the ugliness 
because I moved from one job to another, and it was one big mess. <laughs> From public accounting to venture capital to sponsorship to marketing, but it was not a smooth journey. But suddenly, when God called me and I responded and submitted, He took all that craziness, the ugliness, the weaknesses, and turned it into an amazing strength that I have to be able to have a diverse know how of all these uh, industries. And I was consistently put in a place where I had to take people, departments and agencies that were not interested in one another, and build something up from scratch and bring them together and be excited about one another. And now, because of all that experience, it's a strength that I have uh, that I'm able to implement, not just in the Korean community, but the greater community. And so God turned something that was ugly, and when I submitted and brought it into his hands, he turned it into something beautiful. And I believe that God is a God of reversals. And when we are faithful in our journey and when we submit, even though we don't want to, that God has a plan that is so much greater than our thoughts and our plans. And that's really the testament of how great God is that that has happened in my life and in my journey with KCCD. Hey, Pen M, thank you so much for being here with us today on Sylvia Global. I, I, I actually, you know, I... I don't want to close close the conversation. I hope that you'll come back and share more and that we can talk in further detail in ways about how God is using and working through you in order to bring that message about our living God and his real-time presence and power to the listeners of Sylvia Global Radio. Thank you so much, Hey Pen, for being here today. You know, I Thank just you love, so much. I just love you so much. <laughs> I do. <laughs> So glad we have met. I feel like we've been like like the time is right and we get to be brought back together, but we never met before. You know, it's just um <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to have met you. Just um looking Likewise, forward. Likewise, you've been a blessing and I know the spirit that God has led you and the spirit in your heart uh, is something that's shared. Um and so I really look forward to see how God's going to you know, open the pathway for us to do more (laughs) together. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for the ability to be able to meet my sister, Hey Penn, and to do so through the SBA, the LA, you know, district office of the Small Business Administration, and that you've put us here for a reason, Lord. And I thank you so much that you're being glorified through all of her work, Lord, in all areas of her life. I also pray that you'll encourage her and provide surround surround her with tremendous support to achieve even more to your glory and to her joy and her peace. Bless her family, her staff, and those that come in touch with her and hear her message today. May your Holy Spirit just prevail. I just thank you so much, Father, for Haypen and, and for her parents and her family and the work that she and her team are doing at KCCD. Amen. 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 God, and God may bless God bless you manifold. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.